Welcome to the Take Heart podcast, where we have conversations around what it looks like to intimately walk with the Father, to know Him, to seek after Him, and to become more like Him. Our aim is to explore what it looks like to actively take heart, to be people who are confident in the future because we know who our God is. Hello and welcome to episode two of the Take Heart podcast. Hello. Hello, Emma. How are you? Hi, Bree. I'm fantastic. Thank you. How are you? I'm wonderful, Sam. I'm great. So nice to be asked, isn't it? Isn't How are you going? Yeah. I just feel so honoured. Oh, we feel honoured that you're here with us. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Um, this is the this is season one called Behold, mm. Accepting the Great Invitation. Mm. Um, and this episode we've called Losing Focus. Yeah. And um, we thought we'd start by um, just, well, I'd start by just unpacking the last episode a little bit. Just yeah, to please do. Anyone who has listened to it for a while, a bit of an overview, or anyone who wasn't able to, um, we were talking about um, God's original intention and design for humanity and mm. how um, in the garden it was... Um, his purpose for humanity was to be in relationship with him. Mm. And we were made in his image to um, to have that right relationship with him so that we could then um, be able to love him and love others. Right. Um, and then this episode we're obviously um, discussing Gen- um, Genesis 3 and a few other things for how we've just lost focus of that. So we're mm. no longer easily able to behold the Lord yeah. um, and we've lost Lost focus. Yeah, that act of beholding was tainted mm. at the fall. So then I guess it's important for us to really consider what that looked like and what um, losing focus even means too, right? And yeah. and maybe we should define what the word focus is and mm. it is a central point, you know, and, and depending on the situation, your focus might vary, but our challenge as Christians is to stay focused on the things that God would have us focus on. Mm. And we see that various times throughout the Old and the New Testament as God's children actually lose sight of the opportunities he gives them to serve. But then in his grace, mm. he restores their focus. And so we're actually going to talk about um, a few key characters in the Bible mm. um, who who really did lose sight of the opportunities God had been giving them. To, to even just know him, um, they mm. lost sight of, of him. But this is the greatest yeah. thing. God always presents an opportunity to to win us back for himself and re- yeah. realign our focus back to him. Yeah. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, and so let's start maybe by going back to the garden mm. um, and that intimacy with God um, back in the beginning where you see Adam and Eve walking and communing with God. It's just this beautiful picture um, in Genesis 3, 8 to 9. Um, where it says, then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord, Lord God, as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees in the garden. But the Lord called to the man, where are you? Um, if you bounce back to Genesis 1, we see God's desire, a desired focus for Adam and Eve. They were created in the image of God, um, and he's so relational, and we see that all through the creation story. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gave them that focus, you know, God blessed them, uh, Genesis 1.8, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Um, but then we come to Genesis 3. Yeah, the fall, how mm. they lost focus. Um, and I think a, a, a huge question here is, I think a question that gets often 
asked is, why was it that God allowed the serpent to be in the garden in the first place? Um, but, you know, what I think is really important to note here is that, you know, the serpent wasn't a supernatural being. Satan actually entered the body of the serpent so as to tempt Adam and Eve. You know, mm. you know, God actually allowed Satan to tempt someone like Job, for example. If you mm. know um, the story of Job, mm. um, you know, Job 1 verse 12 says, everything he has is in your power. He's saying this to, to Satan. Yeah. But do not lay a finger on the man himself. So God's actually allowing Satan to tempt Job, but only to a certain limit because ultimately God is still in control. And God permitted the entry of Satan into the garden, but he never wished that Adam and Eve were, were going to sin, nor did he force them to sin. You know, they, they mm. were, yes, they were tempted because Satan is crafty yeah. and powerful. But it was their choice. It though, was right? their choice to sin. They did not have to do that. And, you know, God had outlined the consequences, um, but they made that clear choice to disobey. And, mm. and I think we need to own that. It is also our choice when we, when we sin too. It's our decision mm. when we sin. So, so let's think about why did they sin? Mm. Why was it then that Eve listened to the serpent and, and why did Adam listen to Eve? Yeah. Well, then why do any of us, I guess, like, mm. you know, we, we talk about Adam and Eve as if, oh, we would have made a different decision. Right. Right. <laughs> How dare they yeah. ruin it for all of us. Yeah. But I don't know if we actually would have, but I think we would have. We don't now. And we know what our what consequences our decisions can have. Yes, and we have the beauty of hindsight of seeing how how destructive their decisions were, and we still know further ahead if we just rely on our own strength. Mm. Mm. And um, it's so easy to be convinced and persuaded. Yeah, um, that we can, you know, by the you know persuaded by the world and the lies of the enemy. But this is this is something that I find really fascinating about this story. Mm. So God had clearly outlined their purpose mm -hmm. in the garden. They had been given complete dominion over all of the creatures, Adam and Eve, complete dominion. Mm -hmm. And now they were being tempted by Satan who was working through an inferior being. Mm. Satan was working through a serpent to deceive them yeah. and manipulate them. But hang on a minute, hadn't they just been given Dominion, dominion over that serpent, right? Yeah. You're yeah. seeing this? Are you, are, you with, are you with me here? So like I think could it actually be possible that it's because they didn't truly understand all that they had and the authority that they had been given by God, mm. they thought, you know, what Satan was offering them was better. Yeah. They lost their focus. Yeah. From and all that God had given them. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not just the dominion as well. It's the... um they were made in the image of God and they were already like God. Yes. But God said, yes. but Satan said to them, you know, if you, if you just eat from this tree, you'll become a God or you'll become like God. And so they fell for it. They fell for the devil's just, mm. you know, slight twist of the truth and that, that tiny little scheme mm. that had enormous repercussions yeah. because they didn't um, realise what they had and they didn't realize what God had blessed them and with who they from the were. beginning and who they were. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And yeah. that's the danger for all of us. Mm. Isn't that how easily mm. we can fall away or fall into yeah. sin because we don't know who we are or what we have or whose we are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
So what was the, you know, there's a result then of them losing their focus. Yeah. Yeah. There there was many things actually, like their Mm -hmm. eyes were opened, you know, they realized they were naked because they lost that intimacy with God. Yeah. Um, they, you know, they blamed each other and the serpent, they, um, they, uh, with Eve, she had, you know, painful childbirth and Adam was to then, um, work really hard and, um, and there's words, I think it's, I can't remember what verse it is in Genesis three, where it says, um, curse the ground and thorns and thistles. And I love that those words, thorns and thistles, Mm. Mm. um, are a point of destruction here. But when you flash forward to Jesus and the crown Mm. that he wears and the thorns and thistles on his head, it's that destruction of his physical body that then birthed this, you know, incredible salvation for us. Right. Wow. Um, and so I love that even, you know, even in the midst of the pain, that God has this hope mm. for us and provides mm. this way out for us um, and for them. Um, you know, it was the first um, animal sacrifice to cover sin. We see that as well. Um, and then we ultimately see them banished from the garden and then set up for, you know, a really hard life. Mm. Yeah. Um, but one thing I really love, and you touched on it before actually, is about um, how God always provides a way out. Yeah. Um, you know, we might be tempted, but there's always this way out to escape. Um, like 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you. That is not common to man. God is faithful and that he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. Mm. Um, but when the temptation, with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Isn't that just amazing to have that hope and to have that, you know, that way out to look forward to? That's right. And, you know, God restored Adam and Eve's focus for them. So in Genesis 3, he calls them to repentance and forgiveness, even though those consequences would follow, you know, in in his love, he then restores them and he gives them a new focus. He Mm. moves them from the garden, but he gives them the promise of the Messiah to come Mm. as well. Yeah. Okay, God. (laughs) Um, And, you know, many characters in the Bible have lost their focus. However, each time God is restoring them afresh. Mm. So people like Saul, David, Solomon. 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 Yeah. Mm. Um, Tell us a little bit about Solomon, Bree. He, oh, he's just a man that really fascinates me actually. Mm. Um, So we, and we read about him in God's word in one Kings Um, in chapter three, you know, he was the, we see that he was the king over all of, um, all of Israel, and we we read these words that says um, he showed his love for the Lord by walking according to the statutes of his father David, except that he married Pharaoh's daughter, which was um, outside of the Israelites mm. and outside of God's plan, mm. um, and that he offered sacrifices and burned incense to other gods. So let's That's- just pause, <laughs> pause there, yeah, because it says like he. Uh, he loved the Lord by walking according to the statutes of his father, David. And we think, great, what a great man. Yeah, upstanding. Except he worshipped other gods and married someone else out of Israel. Big yikes. Yeah, so there's that. Um, but then uh, verse 5, God says to Solomon, ask for whatever you want me to give you. And Solomon, like, I don't know, if you were faced with that question, I, I don't actually know what I would say. Mm. I would hope I would say something like he said. Um, he asked for discernment and wisdom to mm. govern God's people well. 
Good job, Solomon. Yeah. And so God blessed him abundantly, gave him more than he asked for. He gave him the wisdom that he asked for, but also wealth and honor um, and a reputation saying that there would be, there would never be another king like him in his lifetime. Um, and then people came from far and wide, like we hear about Queen Sheba, Queen Sheba who came from a distant land to hear, just to hear of his wisdom. Um, you know, he led really well, he led wisely. Um, and then we have this moment as well where he built the temple of the Lord, which took seven years. You think, great, that must be a pretty amazing temple. Hmm. Straight after it, he builds his own house, which takes 13 years. Ooh. So already there's this tension of um, like wisdom and pride that you can see really clearly. And then chapter 11, we just see this absolute downfall in his character. And um, this was a man who had 700, yes, you heard me correctly, 700 wives Mm. and 300 concubines. Um, I'm not very good at maths, but did a little bit of maths. You'd be proud of me. and if, if you were to spend a day with each wife or concubine, it's more than two and a half years just to get through all of them. Like that's, yeah. that's intense. Time consuming. It's time consuming. Um, and then verse nine, um, the Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, um, the God of Israel, who appeared to him twice. I just, I can't imagine seeing the Lord mm-hmm. twice mm-hmm. and then having you know, just turning Still away making so those decisions. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then this is really where it, it gets me is that God told him that he'd tear the kingdom away from him. So obviously we start seeing consequences. Mm. Um, but verse 12, he says, nevertheless, for the sake of your David, for, for the sake of David, your father, I will not do it during your lifetime. Hmm. And so we see that way out already. Um, I will tear it out of the hand of your son, yet I will not tear the whole kingdom from him. Wow. And this I just love so much, this um, faithful remnant that we keep hearing about in the Bible where God, you know, picks, sometimes it's a clan or it's a tribe or it's um, just a family, like we see with Noah and his family. Mm. Um, But it's this, you know, cyclical pattern of, you know, sin, judgment, repentance, and then this period of like peace um, and then back to sin. And mm. so you see this, you know, mm. not just Israel, we do the same thing where, you, you know, it just keeps going round and round in circles and, and God is so faithful, but he'll provide, he'll keep providing this way out. Um, and actually just yesterday I was reading in Ezekiel um, in chapter 20. Um, I just want to pick out a few key verses and just show you the pattern that is in this particular passage. Um, it, this is God talking. So they rebelled against me and would not listen to me. They did not get rid of the vile images that they had set their eyes on, nor did they forsake the idols of Egypt. And so I said I would pour out my wrath on them and spread my anger out against them in Egypt. Um, And then he keeps going down. He says, "Um, yet the people of Israel rebelled against me in the desert. Um, uh, Yet I looked on them with pity. Mm. And so we see that they, you know, he says, um, you know, choose me and don't have other idols. They have other idols. He gets angry, so he's going to mm-hmm. pour his wrath out. And then he looks on them with pity and doesn't destroy them or put mm-hmm. an end to them. And then you flash down another, you know, four verses and he says, but the children then rebelled against me and I withheld my hand for the sake of my name. I did not. Um, 
you know, he keeps going, but there's this same pattern where it's just, you know, he's just so gracious and so faithful. Um, and that he continues to just, you know, renew, we renewed Solomon again and again and gave him this legacy um, afresh, right, for his, mm. for his son. And that's just, yeah. It's classic God. Yeah, it is. I love that. Well, everyone, we're going to take a little bit of a break from what has been so far an incredible episode of the Take Heart podcast to get to know our guests a little bit better. On this episode, (laughs) we talk, ladies, a lot about distraction Mm. and how easy it is to be distracted from the face of Jesus in the Western world today with technology Mm. and media and the busy pace of our lives. Mm. I thought what we might do... I know exactly what you're going to do, Sam, and I'm very nervous. Go on, (laughs) introduce it. Well, it's important for us to lead through vulnerability, isn't it? Sure, absolutely. Real, raw. We'll just get our phones now, shall we? Yeah, we're going to play the screen time game, which means uh, we're going to have a look at our iPhones, and you can play along at home if you have an iPhone and (laughs) open screen time. I'm not sure if this is an Android thing too, but it's a really Apple brought this out a few years ago, and uh, it's a good way to figure out um, your. Your Sorry. phone health, yep. your relationship with your devices. Okay. Um, so what you do is you go to settings, click on screen time. <laughs> the heavy side. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. He's going to get first. Guys, mine's high. Okay. It can't be correct. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> so but, I, oh. Okay, Bree's going to start. No, no, Bree doesn't deserve to start. We no. know that Bree hasn't been on her phone that much. Yeah. Come on. Oh, you're going to put so us la- to shame. Last time I looked at this, it was better than what it is now. Oh, okay. same. Oh. In, Mine, my de- in my defense, okay. I was sick last week and spent a lot of time. <laughs> Mine has gone down because I was on holidays the last time I checked mine and it was incredibly high because what else are we going to do on holidays, you know? <laughs> And now that you're back at work, what, now I'm back at work. Gonna, maybe you spend some time with the Lord. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Go out in nature, sure. exercise. I did that on my. Okay, I'm just not gonna. Okay, go there. so go on, <laughs> daily average, everyone. What's daily your average. daily average? Let's start with Emma Goff. Why do I? Have okay, to I'll go first. Thanks, Mine's Sam. five hours and thirty-eight minutes. Mine's only a little bit less than very yours, high. So Mine oh. is five hours and eighteen minutes. Bree, what are you at? Uh, mine is really high for me. Um, two hours and twenty eight. Why do you keep having to say mine was really high for if, me? And then it's the half. It's half of what ours is. I'm sorry. <laughs> My goodness. It's okay. Like, look. Let's just look. Let's what is fair it? For ourselves okay, here, let's Sam. be fair. Bree is a, a mum. She yep. keeps very busy during her day. Yes. And Thanks. you know we've got people that we keep up with on the phones and the things. So it's okay. Yeah. Everyone's okay. on their own journey. Okay, so look, I've, I've just opened mine to see what my most used apps are. Yep. For, okay, so my total is Give us actually your top. now it's six hours. Give us your top three, Sam. Big Timer, which is the timer that we use for our podcast. <laughs> so yes. it's for the Lord's work. Three hours and 30 minutes. So like half of, oh, more than half of this is a okay. timer for the podcast. Okay. The second is Finder, the application what? on my Mac. 
where you search for files. Well, that doesn't make sense. And then oh. Messenger mm. and then Spotify, then pages where I'm writing content. So Instagram, uh. if you'll notice, isn't even on there. Well done. I love that you looked at me because you knew that <laughs> I was straight at you. You knew that my highest would be Instagram. Is it really? And it is. It I is. thought it actually would be Spotify or something. Thank you. Thank you for thinking that highly of me. That is a close <laughs> second. It goes Instagram and then Spotify. Okay. Yeah. Oh. And then Messenger. So I have on mine is, Facebook. Mine is Netflix, Messengers, Instagram. Netflix, Messenger, Instagram. What was Me- you at Instagram? Um, Spotify. Message, Messenger. Okay. Here, here are my takeaways mm. from today's game. Okay. Love that. <laughs> um, I work too much. I think that's my takeaway, which uh, that is not, I'm not saying there's a badge of honor. If you listen to the Generation podcast, <laughs> I spent a whole, of success a, a whole season working through the Idol of Success publicly. <laughs> and oh, yeah. uh, so yeah. trust me, not a badge of honor, big okay. problem. Um, still working on it. This happened today that it's, of all days. it's 10 p.m. and I'm, st- and okay. So that's my issue. Okay. Mm-hmm. Overworking, workaholism. It's the idol that I tend towards big problems okay takeaways for you emma oh goodness i enjoy the mindless scroll a little bit too much Mm. and then i also enjoy my music a lot Mm. and Mm. that's a you know they're they're, maybe they're good things that i am relying on a little bit Mm. more than i should maybe i don't know I like listening. We've we've both we've established that we both enjoy a lo-fi yeah. playlist to get work done. So I know I know I'm listening to Spotify at work. It's not too bad to listen to music like no, you're studying or whatever. It's fantastic. Mm. But the Instagram scrolling thing I need to work on. I don't need to spend that much time looking through things I don't even remember when I close my phone. Can I just say, let me right? give you an Instagram hot That's tip. True. Unfollow almost everybody. <laughs> and then your Instagram have, becomes really boring. Yeah, your Instagram going. becomes boring. Yeah. And, and don't you, even look at the, what is it, the discovery section? Never look oh at Oh my page. days. Never. You just go down some really it's, dark, deep holes there. So many TikTok loops. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have TikTok. And I know what's going on, which is good for me because it keeps me relevant with the with the children. <laughs> I know. I'm sitting here thinking, I don't know what the discovery page is. That's okay. Don't, that don't even, don't even, don't even try. <laughs> um, Brie, what are your takeaways from the screen time game today? Uh... I think I rest too much with Netflix. Mm. Like I get to the end of the day, like I work full time, get home. Kids are amazing, but crazy and full of energy. Yeah. You know, have dinner, put them to bed. I just want to watch TV. I get it. Too much. Mm. Two questions for you. Question number one. <laughs> it's a very di- directive uh, segment this episode. <laughs> it is. I thought um, this is supposed to be light and fun. Let's get to know each other. <laughs> question one, what, what like is your go-to show at the moment on Netflix? Oh, What's that's not the... a scary question at all. Um, Zoe, oh, actually it's on Stan. Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Yes! I hear so everyone good. loves that. Oh. It's just such a light It's ridiculous. Actually, yeah. all my so female fun. friends love it. It's great. That's, yeah, it yeah, must be like a, a <laughs> I haven't seen Gal it. thing. Yeah, yeah cool. Yeah. Cool, 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 yeah. cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, question two, Brie. Do you feel rested after resting on Instagram? Good question. No. Mm. Uh, Instagram. Sorry, I meant Netflix. She, meant, oh, but I was going to say Instagram particularly not because I compare myself too much. Mm. Um, but Netflix, no, no. Mm. Like I feel like I should, but mm. really I watch it for hours until 
I feel like I should go to bed. Yeah. And then, <laughs> but there's no. Yeah, and you're there's not no necessarily. There's no real end to it, right? Right. Because I've done that too, and you don't necessarily go to bed feeling like, ah, oh, there's so much peace, and my mind is empty and mm. relaxed. No. Like, <laughs> Can't sleep before. More hours so, straight. depending on what you're watching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. 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 Yeah. Cool, cool. 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 Well, this has been a this has <laughs> been a great uh, great segment. Let's yes. get back to our episode. <laughs> I, I love that you shared all of that on Solomon. Thank you. Nice. And I love that there are so many different people in the, in the Bible that mm. we can learn from, learn about and learn from. And Simon called Peter mm. is also one of those people who had a very interesting story. Yes. I know um, you love talking about it. I really do. Um, so I'm not going to apologize for <laughs> this, but um, there is a, a little bit that I feel I'd love to touch on about Simon Peter. And let's start. In Matthew 4, hmm. when Jesus calls him to follow him and to become a fisher of men, which, you know, if we flash forward in his life, it's exactly what happens. Mm. He eventually gets there. Yeah. Jesus had that foresight to know that that was exactly what he was going to do. Yeah. Which I love. Um, <laughs> and that's his focus mm. that, you know, it, and I, I've always loved that they dropped their nets immediately. There was no second guessing. There was no questions asked. Wouldn't you love to have that faith? Oh, my goodness. Mm. Absolutely. Just straight away, yes, Lord, I will follow. And then we see this story in Matthew 14 where Jesus is walking on water and he calls to Peter to come to him. And Peter says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Jesus mm. says, come. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning mm. to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? Mm. You know, Peter lost his focus. He's literally walking on water. Yeah. Literal miracle. Um, it's happening. It's, and his eyes and his gaze is focused on Jesus, so it's possible. Mm. But then he got distracted. And he started to look left and right at the things around him and not directly at Jesus. And that yeah. was when he started to sink. Mm. Which is what we do. All the time, obviously, <laughs> we know this. But God, this is going to be a, a continuing refrain here. <laughs> but God, but God gave him another opportunity to restore his focus. So Matthew 16, verses 13 to 20. And if you've got your Bibles open, if you're listening mm. <laughs> to this book, please read along. Please do. Um, you know, make some notes. If you're one of those people who writes all in their Bibles, just get around it. Matthew 16, 13 to 20. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? They replied, well, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. 
I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Mm. An incredible refocusing here. And note Mm. the transitions, you know, like he has this moment with Jesus and then the next minute he's lost his focus again. Yeah. But then again, God's giving him another opportunity to step in and re, you know, configure his focus back to him. Mm. And he actually has this moment where he, he says something so profound that Jesus is actually highlighting that and saying, well, actually you've said something that wasn't even revealed to you by flesh and blood. Yeah. You are so in tune with the spirit of God that you've been able to identify exactly who I am mm. because of this. You like, I am going to build my rock upon that kind of faith. Yeah. That's an incredible promise. And God always keeps his promises. Yeah. Yeah. But my goodness, is there more to say about the story of Peter? <laughs> Keep going. There's a lot here. There's a lot here, fam, but strap yourselves in. It's worth it. So then we've got, by the way, can anyone relate to this whole re, like losing your focus, re, regaining your focus, losing your focus thing? Isn't that just the rhythms of life? Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. it reminds us that there is that grace renewed and mm. re-administered every time. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. Matthew 16, yeah. 21 to 23. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Can you imagine rebuking Mm. Jesus? Cool. (laughs) Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. I feel for Peter so much in this moment. He thought he was doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, truly. Yeah. And that, but that's the problem. Mm. He was seeing things with a merely human perspective Mm. and, and using his own judgment, his own view of what he thought was right or wrong. And, and in trying to protect Jesus, he's, not seeing things through a kingdom perspective here at all, mm. right? Yep. So he's gone from that understanding of who God is. Exactly. That was revealed to him by God's spirit. Literally in the same chapter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. You were, yep. the, you were the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. Yep. Amazing. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. A couple of verses later, literally next verse later. Get behind me, Satan. Yeah. You don't know. Yeah. You don't have in mind the concerns of God. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I feel for him again, like what we were saying, he probably thought he was saying the right thing. Mm. We're not going to let that happen to you, Jesus. Yeah. I think it was out of love for him. Absolutely. Wanting to protect him, but. He wasn't focused on the kingdom of God. Yeah. But then, but God. But then we come to the transfiguration in the next chapter in Matthew 17, one of the most profound experiences for these three disciples, including Peter, Um, you know, after he couldn't see what God was doing after he Mm. still couldn't understand. He gets an opportunity to see afresh. Mm. It's pretty cool. Mm. Absolutely. All right. Strap yourselves in. A lot happens in these verses. (laughs) (laughs) After six days, Jesus took with him, Peter, James, and John, the brother of James and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah 
talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The disciples asked him, why then do the teachers of the law say that Elijah must come first? Jesus replied, to be sure, Elijah comes and will restore all things. But I tell you, Elijah has already come and they did not recognize him, but have done to him everything they wished. In the same way, the Son of Man is going to suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he was talking to them about John the Baptist. It is then that he understands. When his focus Mm. is shifted in the presence of Jesus, he understands. Mm. Yeah. Uh, This scene is just so incredible to try and imagine, right? Yeah. It's mind-blowing. But what fascinates me is that we put God in a box and we create this image in our mind of what we think God is like. Mm. And that when we pray, uh, and this is, this is, I can only speak from my, my personal opinion, but I think um, when I pray, I don't give God, like you read this description of he was transfigured before them. His mm. face shone like the sun mm. and his clothes became as white as the light. Like, do we think about what this image of God is like? when we pray, like I know often it's just this, oh God, I'm feeling really stressed. Help me. Right. Or it's, right. you know, it's. Do we focus that, on yeah, that magnificence, yeah. that beauty? Yeah. Like in Revelation 4, it talks about um, when the heavenly father is on the throne, it says, and the one who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and I think it's Carnelian, um, a rainbow resembling an emerald encircled the throne. And you mm. just get this picture of mm. something so much more incredible than what we ever could imagine. And I think we need to keep having those images in our minds when we, when we pray to him and, and put him in his rightful place. So true. Mm. And then your focus is that kingdom perspective. Right? Yeah. Well, mm. just if you'll indulge me. Please keep going. One more. Just, just one more key <laughs> moment to consider in Peter's story. So as we know, Peter would go on to deny Jesus out of mm. fear and out of a reliance on his own power and not on the spirit of God, he will deny Jesus. Mm. Um, And Jesus actually revealed to Peter at the last supper that Satan had asked for his permission to sift Peter like wheat. Mm. Luke 22, 31 to 34 says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times Mm. that you know me. There's so much I love about this, but the most most important thing for me is that Jesus has prayed for Simon Peter here, Mm. that he would actually use the testing of his faith to strengthen, to strengthen, sorry, future believers and disciples. Yeah. That's, that's what Jesus has prayed for him. Yeah. 
That's amazing, right? You, and, but like Jesus knows that he's going to deny him. Yeah. That's, and instead of being mm. bitter and angry and upset that that was something that he was going to do, he prays yeah. for him that he would use that experience, that, that faith testing moment to actually strengthen future believers, t- to strengthen mm. us. Like we read one and two, Peter, we read the epistles and we are greatly encouraged. And that mm. happened because this man, you know, he's, he was foundational in starting the early church. Yeah. Yeah. But this is where he's come from. Like, like consider this story and it makes reading the word of God all the more richer Yeah, because you can see that grace that was lavished on him. You can see that relationship yeah. he had with Jesus. And it's, it overwhelms me to be honest. Um, mm. Yeah. I'm just blown away by Jesus in this moment here. Yeah. You sound like you, yep. you want to say something, please go ahead. Oh, you were, you mentioned, um, you know, the pray, the actual words that he prays, you know, I prayed, oh, sorry. Um, that your faith may not to. fail. Yeah. Or the, the fact that Satan was going to sift them as wheat. Yes. Um, in the last episode you were talking about Job and how, you know, God had mm. um, said that you can, you can tempt them, but don't hurt him. I think they were, Am I quoting that correctly? Yeah, take, that you can take all the things you know that he holds dear, but don't touch yeah. him. Basically, yeah. yeah. Um, and I just so there's so many things I want to say. <laughs> I'll keep it brief. Um, but I love that God knows us so intimately and knows that um, knows the limits of our faith, but also knows that that there is no limits to His goodness. Yes, <laughs> and that that can be so powerful that even when we're feeling like, like Peter was confident in his faith. I think like he, mm. you know, had had a couple of moments. rocky moments. Yeah. yeah. As we all have. Um, but to hear those words, Peter, before the roast, rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Mm. I could, ju- you can just kind of sense the humanity in Peter of just this cry of no, no, no I won't no. do that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But then you know, we see that that's what happens. But this is the, but God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I told you we'd be saying that over and over again, but seriously, but God, you know, Peter became the pillar of the early church. Mm. And if you haven't read Acts in a little while, please, I encourage you to to open up Acts 2 in particular when he addresses the, the crowd, you know, he's, he's actually mm. training people in the ways of God. And he still does. Like what I was saying before, we still read one and two Peter and we're greatly encouraged when we read that these, yeah. when we read those epistles. And I think it does take on such greater meaning and significance when we reflect on the life of the person who wrote those. Mm. Um, yeah. No matter how, how much we've sinned nor how deep mm. that sin is, it's never too late to return to the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. Peter's story proves that. And, and, and the fact that he forgives you know, when we are repentant over our sins, he forgives us. Yeah. But not only that, he then gives us a restored focus, mm. a restored vision. And Peter was restored to the ministry. Mm. You know, John, John 21, 15 to 17, it says, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? 
Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Mm. So Jesus asked him three times, yep. right? It parallels the three denials. Yeah. Yeah. And what in biblical numerology, three is same time in here. It's the c- complete number, number of completion, but not perfection. No, that's seven. Seven is seven perfection. Is like com- seven is like completion. Three is um, like Trinitarian. Mm. Yep. Okay. And, and so I don't Jesus, know how relevant it is. Oh, sorry. Point, <laughs> like, That's all right. I, just, I think it's more that paralleling yeah, of the denial absolutely. here. And yeah. Jesus is telling Peter in three different ways to feed and take care of the sheep that's been entrusted to his care. Mm. There's a commission that's given to Peter, yeah. a refocusing of his purpose. Mm. How cool is that? That's so cool. And you know what? Like this, okay, mm, this is it. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> The prerequisite, so to speak, of relationship, of ministry, the life of the believer is love for Jesus. Mm -hmm. Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Jesus doesn't ask him, you know, do you love me perfectly or do you love me as I deserve? Mm. You know, because if we were asked that, we'd all be turned away. Yeah. Because we can't love him as he deserves. We don't love him as he deserves. So it's just the love that we're capable of giving him. Right. Yes. Jesus asks for our love. Mm. If we belong to Jesus, then like Peter, who was filled with self-doubt and shame, well, we can still answer, Lord, you know I do. Mm. Even with all my failings, I do love you. Mm. The point is desire, a desire to love him, not perfection in the loving. You know, and, and really when you love someone, don't you have a desire and a longing to be with them? Mm. And I think simply the way to love Jesus more fully is to just spend more time with him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You can see the fruits of that so Mm. quickly as Mm. well. Yeah. Definitely. Blesses those moments. Yeah. So, yeah, I... Thanks for indulging me on my little Peter story. Um, But I hope that encouraged you guys too because I loved seeing those links. And just again and again, how much God just refocuses Peter back on that first commission he gave him. The first commission Jesus gave him was to, you know, drop your nets, make fishes of men. Yeah. And he does. (laughs) He does. (laughs) Come on, somebody. Anyway, sorry. No, thank you. I really appreciate that you shared that. And And I think often we just hear Peter and we focus on, oh, he denied Jesus. Yeah. You know, that, that can so often be the focus of his life, but there was just so much more to it. So absolutely. Thanks for sharing. Mm. Um, how do the, how do we then relate all of that and everything that we've just been talking about Mm. to, um, our own lives and how do we start to kind of self-reflect or, um, bring that to life in our life? Like, what is it that causes us to lose focus in our everyday. Hmm. Um, so ta- many things, right? Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about a few of them. Yeah. And last episode we were saying, you know, you, you become what you behold and like, what is it that we, that, yeah, that we put in our lives. So well, yeah. What are we focusing on more than God? And thus, you know, what, what's affecting our identity because we do that. Mm. Yeah. Things like I, social media. Yeah. Yeah. And busyness. 
I think glorifying yeah. busyness. Yeah. Is a big thing in yeah. our culture for sure. Yeah. This idea that you're important if you're busy. Mm. And if you had a restful weekend, well, that's just shameful to share, isn't it? Don't you feel that? That pressure so when you get to work on a Monday? How was your weekend? Busy. Imagine yeah. if you said, oh, pretty chill, didn't really do much, just stayed at home. Do people feel sorry for you? Yeah. Maybe it feels, <laughs> or like they judge you that you're lazy and don't yeah. do things. It's like this busyness is like a badge of honor. Oh, yeah. For people. We should and- unpack that another time. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about here. But there is. Yes, I think our identity becomes really heavily affected when we're focusing on even good things that have become mm. idols. Yeah. Um, yeah, big time. But yeah, things like addiction, laziness. Mm. I don't know. I think how how are we allowing ourselves to so easily forget the promises of God? Like Adam and Eve did in that one moment, they forgot yeah. the promise of God. We very easily do this yeah, because we're so easily distracted. yeah. And when we lose our focus, it affects everything. And this is why I think we both feel this really, this sense of urgency for wanting to share this with yeah. others because we know that ultimately it affects our God-given purpose. Yeah, absolutely. So... <laughs> In saying all of that, <laughs> what can we do then? You know, what, what, what can you do to, to help remain focused? Yeah. Well, I think, and it's a great segue because I know the next episode we're going to be talking about some practical steps yes. um, that, you know, we've been trying to put into practice or that we've heard that other people are doing and, and we hope we're an encouragement for you. Um, but one of the biggest things that I would just say in the meantime would be pray. Mm. Like God. You know, we, I feel like sometimes that might sound like a cliche, like, oh, just pray and it'll all be okay. But God is waiting to hear yeah. from you. Yeah. And he knows Partner your heart. Yeah. For yeah. yourself, like contend for your faith, <laughs> contend mm. for yourself, right? Yeah. Sorry, and, go on. No, no, but no. Like how, no. Sorry, I say go on and then I'm about to jump in for something else. <laughs> but how often do we pray for our friends that they would, you know, be strengthened in their faith or mm. friends who have fallen away? But we know, but we're praying from a place for them where we know we're also really lacking we've let things slip for us how often are we taking stock and praying for ourselves yeah and that we would have that renewed desire to want to focus on him afresh and know him more you know anyway sorry go on yeah um and I think that you know when we come back to that intimate relationship with God which we know is only possible through Jesus um and that knowing that truth is that first step into you know walking in the ways of a beholder Mm. Um, and in fixing our gaze in that right direction. I think that's that's our heart for this podcast. It's so good. Yeah. And God promised Adam and Eve the coming Messiah and he mm. always keeps his promises, mm. right? And just like he's offered them a way out and forward, that's key, not just a way out of the situation but a way forward for them. Mm. He's also offered that to us too, yeah. a way that for for us to have a restored relationship with him because Jesus became our great high priest mm. so that we could have a relationship with him, so that we could behold him again and again. Um, and that's only possible through Jesus. Yeah. And knowing that truth is the first step in walking, like you just said, in the ways of the beholder, in mm. fixing our gaze in the right direction. Yeah. To know that even thinking about doing that is only possible because of Jesus. 
Mm. Just having that state of remembrance first. Yeah. Is a great first repositioning step. Mm. So, yeah. It's cool. Mm. Um, so we, what have we talked about today, Emma? We've talked about, we've touched on some biblical characters. Yeah. Um, we've talked about how God is always faithful. Um, we've talked about just his goodness and his desire to want to refocus us. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, we just have to keep coming back to Jesus, right? He's the bread of life. Like we, he says, he tells us that in John, um, John six, he's the bread of life. And it's just like God has provided us with Jesus, the bread of life. Like he provided the Israelites with mm. manna in the, mm. in the wilderness. You know, he just, he wants to provide for us and we, and he wants to have that intimacy with us. And we just yeah. have to find a way to keep that strong and keep that going, mm. you know? Mm. Um, that sounds like we do it in our strength. That's not what I mean. It's like we're the only ones that stop us, which we mentioned yeah, before. Yeah, that's right. So I think the next few podcasts are going to be really focusing on some practical steps towards how we can fix our gaze on the Lord mm. and how to overcome some of those barriers that I think we all, I think we all, <laughs> I think we all experience those barriers. So how, yeah, how can we fix our gaze afresh? What are some practical ways for us to do that? Mm. I'm really excited yeah. to get into that. And I think it's really important yeah. for us to to just close this this podcast episode in prayer. Mm. Brie, would you would you actually pray for us today? Oh, I'd love to. Thank Thanks. you. Yeah. Um, Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for um the time that, that you've blessed us with to be able to just talk about um your goodness and the way that you are able to refocus us. Lord, we pray that you'll help um all of us to um, lean into you and to behold you like you deserve, Lord. We just want to glorify you and honor you with everything that we have. Um, and Lord, please help us to be disciplined. Um, you know, we know that discipline drives desire and we just want to, we want to want to spend time with you. And Father, we just pray that you will help us to, um, to purposely carve out the time to be able to do that. Um, thank you, Lord, for the blessing of life and thank you for, um, just for everything that you have given us. Amen. Amen. We know that to take heart, to be encouraged and to seek a new thing is a personal pursuit. We want to encourage you that you are not alone in that pursuit. We believe that because of who our God is, we can actively seek him and see what he is doing. When we do this, things start to shift. Our hope for you is that you would embrace this process of becoming and allow our God to continue to grow you into all he is calling you to be, and that you would have eyes to see what he is doing in this generation.